Podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about how much deposit do I need if I want to buy a property, whether as a first-home buyer, an investor, or an owner-occupier. And, oh, you know what the trouble is with this question, Andrew, is? Well, it, it depends. depends. Oh, we hate that answer as well, Jax. don't we? Well, we do, but the trouble is it does depend. Now, we are going to take you through the exact numbers. What we're going to share some. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to tell you about what it all depends on in those situations. Now, why does it depend? Well, it's because of those lovable rogues at the Reserve Bank who enforced <laughs> on us or implemented the LVR restrictions, the loan-to-value ratio restrictions. And what those restrictions do is they put a minimum requirement on how much deposit people need for most of each bank's lending. So there is only a small amount of lending that, for instance, banks can give to investors at less than a 40% deposit. Let's go through the general rules, Andrew, starting with owner-occupiers. How much deposit do those guys need? Okay, minimum deposit, normally 20%. But remember that some get away with having less than that. But really interesting here... Last year, less than one in 50 owner-occupiers borrowed with less than a 20% deposit. That's excluding first-home buyers. Excluding first-home buyers. So I've sold my house, I'm going to buy another house for me to live in. Less than one in 50 was able to do that with a less than a 20% deposit. Very few. Next up, we've got investors, and it's a 40% minimum deposit for an existing property, one that's already built. But of course, if you're buying a new build, those are exempt from these LVR restrictions. So it's only 20% deposit for a new build. Again, there are some limited exceptions, but look, when you run the data, they're very rarely used in practice. So 40% for existing, 20% for new build. And what about those first-time buyers, Andrew? First-time buyers, 20% for an existing property, generally speaking, or 10 to 20% if it's a new build. And again, this is where the banks have a little bit more discretion, but very little. So it's interesting we're talking about first home buyers getting access to the lowest deposit loans. So we said for a new build for a first home buyer, somewhere between 10 and 20% as a bare minimum. Now, here's the thing. While the banks do have some discretion about how many low deposit loans they can give, and basically a low deposit is anything less than 20%, But first-home buyers in the past have really had the run of the mill of the bank's ability to lend at lower deposits. So, for example, since 2014, between 20 and 40% of first-home buyers have been borrowing with these lower deposits. In fact, at its high point, about 38, 39% of first-home buyers, and this is a couple of years ago now, kind of 2020, 2019, a large proportion, just under 40%, were using low deposits. Now, something has changed relatively recently. You might recall back in November, the Reserve Bank changed those LVR restrictions again. And the amount of low deposit lending, i.e. less than 20% deposit lending that was going to first-home buyers, went from about 36 37% down to just under 20%. And that's because they tightened up what those were. But even still, one in five first-home buyers today are buying property with less than a 20% deposit. But what's interesting is the amount of deposit you need doesn't just depend on who you are, 
first home buyer versus investor. It can also change based on the property type. And Andrew, you know, specifically talk to us about what an investor would need for some things like hotel rooms and things like that. Okay, so things like hotel rooms, you normally have to have at least a 50% deposit for something like that, particularly if it's under a management agreement. Also, the size of the apartment. If you're buying an apartment or if it's a studio or a really small apartment, often these can require a 50% deposit as well. And again, if it's a specialist product. So dual key apartments, for example, so you combine the combination of a dual key and an apartment, you might need a 40% deposit. And so even if you were buying a new build dual key property, 40% deposit? Something like a Safari Group one, yeah, normally speaking. So what I want to do is play a little game, a wee pop <laughs> quiz. That's right, I love running a wee pop quiz to see, well, how much deposit would you need for a property that you could actually buy in today's market? So one that I've been looking at is an $860,000 new build townhouse. Now this is based out in West Auckland and is being developed by, actually I think some of the listeners of the show have probably bought some of these actually, Andrew. So it's 860 k and a new build. How much deposit would an owner-occupier need? Uh, am I buzzing or are you, are you playing this with me or are you playing with yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing with the listeners of the show. Okay, okay. Well, it'd be a 20% deposit. You need 172K. If it's an investor, how much would you need? Again, it's an 860K new build townhouse. 20% again. Well done. 172K. If it was a first home buyer? 10% deposit, generally speaking, depending on bank criteria, about 86K. Andrew, you do the existing property. Give us an example. Okay, so let's take a 600K existing standalone house in Christchurch. If you're an owner-occupier, what do you need? Lock in your answers. 20% deposit, 120K. If you're an investor, again, buy an existing standalone house of 600K, what do you need? <laughs> You need a 40% deposit, so that's 240k, way more than the more expensive new build. Now, if you're a first-time buyer, what do you need? Again, you're going to need a 20% deposit, 120k. Well done if you got some of those right, but it is important to note as well that you can always break the rules. And this is sometimes a really confusing thing, both in property investment or when you're discussing mortgages, because, well, we've just given you some pretty strong guidelines, there are ways to break these. Actually, Andrew, we'll trade these back and forth. Number one way to break these rules is to borrow outside the LVR restrictions. So what I mean by that is banks can lend up to 10% of their owner-occupier lending to people with less than a 20% deposit, and they can lend up to 5% of their investment lending to investors with less than a 40% deposit if they're buying an existing property. New builds don't come into that because they're exempt from all of the restrictions. So there is some leeway for the banks where they can lend outside of those. The key thing is to become one of the lucky ones who get within that 10% if you're an owner-occupier or 5% if you're an investor. Next is the bank of mum and dad. So if you need to top up your deposit, then you can go to mum and dad, borrow against their house, or, or it could just be a friend or an uncle or however, someone that's willing to give you a little bit more money. And this is probably more appropriate if you're buying your own house and owner-occupied. You're probably less likely to capitalise off mum and dad's equity to buy your first investment, but we do see it. 
And although that technically in the bank size doesn't count as buying with a low deposit, it's still a way that most people would say, hey, that's one way to get started without having saved it myself. The next one is really for first home buyers. And this is the first home partner program. Now, this works quite similarly to the bank of mum and dad, but this is where the government will buy part of your house with you. So they might give you 10% of the money to purchase the property as a deposit. They then own 10% of that house, which you then buy them out of later down the track. Now, this is only available for some first home buyers because there are some criteria around it, but that can be a great way if you don't have the full deposit that we've just discussed. Number four is non-bank lenders. So people like ResiMac have an 80-80 product, so you can borrow 80% against your owner-occupied house and 80% against an existing investment property because they're not held to the same regulation as the banks because they're not a bank. And also there's lots of other products on the market for other types of buyers. So for example, Squirrel Money will do 5% deposit loans for first home buyers so long as you've got a really strong income and you haven't got bad credit and all those kind of things. And there are so many products that can help you get outside of the LVR restrictions, borrow more than you otherwise would be if you went to a main bank. You've just got to work with a mortgage advisor to get the right product for you. And the last one that I have, and really this is for your first home buyers out there, is what they call the first home loan. Now, this is a government-backed scheme where you can borrow with as little as a 5% deposit depending on bank criteria. Usually it's 10% by minimum, but perhaps some people scrape through on 5% depending on the situation. That is one way that again, you first home buyers could get access to a loan with a lower deposit. But Andrew, there really are so many options. How do people work their way through these? Yeah, I think I think the key thing to remember is these are kind of the, the rules, but rules are made to be broken, aren't they, Edward? So I think the best thing you can do is use a mortgage broker and they'll tell you what's possible with the banks, but also what's possible with non-bank lenders. And by you know thinking outside the box, if you want a recommendation, contact Catalyst Financial. But there's heaps of good mortgage brokers out there as well. In fact, I think we've got the top 10 brokers on our website. In fact, if you just Google the word mortgage brokers, it's one of the first things that comes up on that first page of Google. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you're thinking about growing your portfolio in 2022, your next step is to come in for a portfolio planning session. Tell you what, won't you ear off about it today? Just text the word plan to 5522. We'll give you a buzz, see if it's the right fit for you. to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ebert Knight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the property market. Until next time, 